the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Welcome again to the While You Are Single podcast. I hope the podcast has been a blessing to you, and if it has, I hope you have been sharing with your friends as well. Meanwhile, in addition to the podcast, uh, we often have our monthly service ministry gathering for single adults, and I hope if you happen to be in the Houston area on February the 12th, two days before Valentine's Day, I'd like to invite you to join us for our first session this year. It will be taking place in Library 100, Houston Baptist University. If you'd like more details, directions, please go to our website, whileyouaresingle.org. Again, that again will our event will be taking place on February the 12th, 7.45 p.m., Library 100 in Houston Baptist University. Meanwhile, we have been talking about the purpose of relationships. Here is part two. So number one is companionship. Number two, companionship, someone to connect, uh, someone to connect with. Number two, identity, someone to be affiliated with. And number three is help. Help. God designed relationships for help. Someone to assist and to be assisted by. Someone to assist and to be assisted by. In Genesis 2.18, God says something. It's very critical. He said it not once, he said it twice. He said it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper comparable to him, New King James Version. Some versions say a helper suitable to him. Some versions say a help meet for him. Then in Genesis 2.20, it says, But for Adam, there was not a helper found for him. I'm like, why didn't God just say, it's not good for man to be alone, I'll make him a wife. Then in verse 20 says, there was no wife found for him. Why didn't he just say, I didn't find him a woman, or there was no woman, or there was no female? No, he specified. He said a helper. In fact, not only, the, not only is the purpose of relationship help, but God is in the business of setting up helpers. Let me say that again. God does not set everybody up. He only sets up helpers. That's why I specified twice. I will make him a helper. He didn't say I'll make him a woman or a female. A helper. A female that helps. Now, I don't know about you guys. I know Dana did it and we did it. But if you want a guy to hook you up, you want to be a helper. Because God sets up helpers, not help me's. Helper, that is critical, very important. That will help a lot of people. That's why it's important to find a purpose of relationships. God wants you to help somebody. God, why haven't you set me up? You don't want to help anybody. You just want to help yourself. It's not going to happen. That's not what I design relationships for. So if you want me to do X, Y, and Z for you, get on my alphabetical plan. God sets up helpers. 
The word helper, the Hebrew translated as helper, is the word ezer. Ezer. In Genesis chapter 24, we hear about Abraham asking his servant to find a wife for Isaac. The servant's name is not mentioned, but I think his name was mentioned in Genesis 15. Eliezer of Damascus. Isn't it interesting that the guy that Abraham appoints to go find a wife for Isaac, his name is Eliezer, God of help. Ezer is help. Eli means God. And scholars have said that the servant is a picture or a representation of the Holy Spirit. So the picture is the Holy Spirit who guides us into all the truth, John 16, 13, including the truth of who you're supposed to get married to if you so desire. He's the one that goes to fetch your bride for you or fetch, fetch the person you're supposed to marry for you. So he gets Eliezer, his servant, to go find a wife for Isaac. In Genesis 24, from verses 12 to 18, Eliezer gets to the well. You just hear a servant. His name is not mentioned in Genesis 24. And he prays and he talks about um, God. Um, I'm here at the well where the women come. Um, I'm going to ask someone to give me water to drink. And the lady who gives me water to drink and offers to water my camels, let her be the one you've appointed for Isaac. And before he finished praying, Rebecca shows up. But look at his request. He's pretty much asking for a helper. And Rebecca was a helper. When you ask someone to give you a drink, you're asking them to help you quench your thirst. Not only that, the guy brought, I think, if I'm not mistaken, about 10 camels. Have you ever seen a camel drink? There were 10 of them. Not only did she help him with water to drink, she watered all the camels. She was a helper. It's a good story to read. It's a story that lets us know that God is in the business of setting people up, but we can miss the detail of the kind of people he sets up. Helpers. Another example is in Exodus chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. Exodus chapter 2, 15 to 21 some of you know the story of Moses. He got in trouble in Egypt. He killed an Egyptian. He escaped. He's sitting by a well. And the Bible talks about Jethro having seven daughters. They came to the well. And when they came to the well, the Bible says there were shepherds by the well. They drove them away. But Moses stood up for them. Moses rescued them. I don't know about you guys. Sounds like he's helping them. Correct? Not only that, he watered their flock. How many of you know that he is helping them? Here we go again. And in Genesis, uh, I believe it's 220, I mean, Exodus 221, the Bible talks about how Jethro or Reuel, the father of the seven girls, gave Zipporah to Moses to marry. But my point is, these are helpers. So I want to encourage everyone here. You want God to set you up. Make sure you're a helper, you're a server. You help somebody out. And I want to say something about this. I think if you've been in church for, for a significant amount of time, you already know this principle. You understand the importance of serving somebody and helping somebody out. So much so that sometimes people serve for ulterior motives. 
You serve in church because you're trying to hook up with somebody. You serve in church because you want people to see you because you know the average person who's somewhat familiar with the word understands the importance of serving and helping people. Um, you're hoping that because you're doing that, somebody will notice you and, uh, you know, uh, maybe ask you out or maybe you ask somebody out or whatever the case may be. Rebecca didn't know this stranger. Rebecca wasn't doing this for anybody. She doesn't know who he is. She was doing this out of a pure heart. Moses doesn't know Jethro's girls. He's just being a helper. So I just want to encourage everybody to have that heart. Say, God, I just want to help me be a helper. And we'll learn to help people regardless of whether you see something or not. And at the right time, God will bless you. Okay? Another thing about a helper is this. I think it's in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, or is it 11, verse 9? I, don't, I think it's 11, 9 or something. First Corinthians 11, 9, 9, 11, one of those. It talks about how there's a scripture that says the woman, the woman was made for the man and not the man for the woman. And unfortunately, people have taken that out of context, saying that um, 1 Corinthians 11, 9, saying that, you know, a woman is helping a man, meaning that she's for the man, period. The man doesn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> I said, no, no. <laughs> you are supposed to both help each other out. Okay. You are supposed to help each other out. Okay. The scripture says, when God says in Genesis 2.18, he said, I will make Adam a helper suitable for him, a helper um, comparable to him, uh, uh, a helper, uh, meet for him. And when God created Eve, God used Adam to create Eve. So therefore, if Eve is a helper and God used Adam to create Eve, then Eve has parts of Adam. So which means if Eve is a helper, Adam must be a helper too because God used Adam to form Eve. So Adam is a helper, as well as Eve. In fact, this is just my opinion. I think the word helper is a contraction of the words help her. So men are supposed to help women as well. In John 14, 16, John 14, 16, Jesus said, I will send you another helper. Okay? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will send you another helper. Now, if Jesus is talking about another helper, then that means there was an original helper. Correct? If somebody said, I'll give you another one, then that means there's an original one. So Jesus said, I will send you another helper. Then the question is, who is the original helper? Jesus. And we know in Ephesians 5.25, Jesus talks about men, love your wives like Jesus loved the church. Jesus represents the husband, the church represents the wife. So if the wife is a helper and Jesus is a helper, we men were supposed to be helpers, help hers. We are supposed to help our wives like they help us. Now, the way the woman helps the man is different from the way the man helps the woman because we have different strengths. 
Okay, so the point is, just want to encourage the guys to understand that we're supposed to help our wives when we get married, just as they are helping us as well. Okay, so number one, companionship, someone to connect with. Number two, number two is what? Identity, someone to be affiliated with. Number three, help, someone to assist and want, and someone to be assisted by. Number four is agreement. Agreement. God designed relationships for agreement. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. How can two people walk together unless they agree on the direction? How can two walk together unless they are agreed? Some of you may have heard this phrase, often quoted. One can put a thousand to flight and two put 10,000 to flight. The challenge with that verse is a lot of times we quote it as a statement. One can put a thousand to flight and two put 10,000 to flight. But the scripture presents it as a question. It's a question. Deuteronomy 32 verse 30. New King James Version. How could one put a thousand to flight and two ten thousand to flight unless the Lord sold them or surrendered them. In other words, this is possible because God made it happen. Okay? Two people can achieve way more than one person can do because God made it happen. But in order for God to be in there in the first place, Matthew 18, 20, when two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm, I am in the amiss. So in order to get God in your relationship, you want to make sure you are in agreement. Because God is not in the midst of people who are just gathered. He is in the midst of people who are gathered together. He is in the midst of people that are gathered in agreement. Relationships are for agreement, not aggrievement. <laughs> agreement. And over the years, I've learned that Amos 3.3, as well as Matthew 18.20, is really a relevant scripture to help people discover whether or not they're supposed to be in a relationship with somebody. Yes, I know you have the dream. Yes, I know the Holy Spirit told you. Yes, I know you feel the stain in your belly that that's the person. But when you told the person that you're interested in them, were they in agreement? They weren't. Well, it's not them. But Tokes, you don't get it. I prayed and the Holy Spirit told me. I had a dream about me marrying the person. You sure you didn't eat late, even great at Wendy's? Whatever the case may be, you have to agree. If the person is not in agreement, it's not the person. But folks, you don't get, listen. If the person is not in agreement, it's not the person. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you were informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouwersingle.org. 
That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.